We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with Blaine Grisak, a new member of our staff. Welcome, Blaine. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, yes, no, it's great great to be with Rams Talk. I'm really excited for what the future holds. Um, well, if you guys don't know me, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of you do. But if you don't, my name is Blaine. Um, been around the Rams community for quite a while now. Um, was with Downtown Rams most recently, but really excited to be with Ramstock. And like I said, can't, can't wait to you know get involved here and, and and to see what the future holds. All right. So before we get knee deep into what we're going to talk about tonight, which is mainly Senior Bowl stuff, draft stuff, 
we do want to go ahead and ask you head on over to iTunes. We're giving away a gift certificate. Once we get to our our 100 five-star reviews, we'll go ahead and give you that. Uh, we'll put you in there for that wonderful NFL Shop gift card. Also, you can hook us up or hook up with us at, you name it, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on Google Play. So any one of those places, subscribe, join us, please. We are glad that you check in with us. Also, if you just want to talk with us, ask us questions anytime, RamsTalk1945 at gmail.com. All right, that's out of the way, Blaine. In the news today, in the last 24 hours, Jared Goff was a Pro Bowl alternate. Now we know he's going to play in the game. I, I, I'm going to ask the question. It's probably a dumb question, but does he deserve to be there? I think 100%, I think 100% he does. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of amazing to say that after last season's debacle of, of, of a rookie year. But, yeah, I mean, for, for the most part, Jared Goff was – I, I, I don't know if I want to say top five, but he was a top ten quarterback through through – the, the entirety of the season. I mean, over 3,800 yards passing. If he plays week 17, he probably breaks 4,000. Uh, 28 touchdowns to seven interceptions. It's a, a four to one touchdown to interception ratio. Just, I, I, I mean, I, I know McVay and um, and Lafleur and, and Olsen really helped him out and put him in the best situation possible. But Jared Goff was uh, was a great story this year in the NFL, and, and it's, just, it's, it, it's hard not to not to have seen him in in the Pro Bowl had, had he had he not got the got got in got in got in today. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna be fun to see him. We're gonna have eight Pro Pro Bowlers, which is kind of hard, kind of amazing to say. It, it also kind of blows your mind with eight Pro Bowlers that the team didn't get past the wild card round. Exactly, it just talks about youth, and I you know I think. We'll go back a few times in the offseason. We'll wonder how in the world does this team have eight Pro Bowlers and not get out of the first round. And then we watch the rest of the NFC playoffs and think, well, how do these teams do? You know, how are these teams compare? From what I saw this weekend, it's, it, the NFC's stacked. It's it's pretty stacked, and they just beat up on each other. And I don't know if that's part of it or the NFC is stacked, and and, and it didn't include Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and that's crazy to think about. Is that they that? Geez, imagine how this playoff round would have been had they played in the playoffs. Had the Seahawks had half their team back, had Aaron Rodgers actually had an offensive line to play yeah. in front of. Jeez, uh, oh, Pete's the NFC stacked. So, Goff goes to the Pro Bowl. Looking forward to seeing him on the field on Sunday night. And besides that, I guess one more question to bring up, and I'm kind of throwing this in last second, so I, <laughs> I just thought about this. This being the Pro Bowl weekend, there's something else coming up soon. Now, what's coming up soon is they're going to be announcing the Hall of Fame class. And we have a wide receiver yeah. by the name of Isaac Bruce, who is a finalist, and we have not had this debate yet. It just dawned on me that we better get this debate out of the way, and that is, does I mean, Isaac... I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. I'm down for it. Um, okay. Yeah. Let, let's go yeah. there. Let's go there. This is a, and folks, I this is my fault. I uh, I just threw this in there last second as we're getting some of this logistics stuff out of the way. Isaac Bruce is a finalist going up against two other hardcore awesome receivers, guys who will be Hall of Famers at some point, if not this year. Does he get in this year? Does he deserve to get in this year? Blaine, take it away. I mean, there's no question he deserves to get in. I mean, um, when, when, when he retired, he was he was the second all-time career uh, receiving yards leader behind only Jerry Rice. And um, But 
just just think about who he has to go up against. It's it's it's, it's Terrell Owens and Randy Moss, and just it, it, it's national media guys that, that that vote on these things. And you have Terrell Owens and Randy Moss who are in the national media every single or not every single day, but every week. You have Randy Moss with um, who, who's doing stuff with ESPN, and Terrell Owens seems to stick stick around in the headlines pretty much all the time. Um, and Isaac Bruce is just. He's he's always been that guy that didn't really make an effort to stand out, and that that's just who he is, and that's what I love about him. But at some point, he will get in. I I, I just I, I don't think it's going to be this. Year. I don't think it's going to be this year. The widest the Hall of Fame wide receivers, it's been so backed up, and I mean it, it's probably Isaac's turn to get in. But with guys like Rand, like, like Randy and, and 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 Terrell Owens, it's just I don't see it happening this year, unfortunately. Well, here, check this out. It's not just them as well. You have fifteen. Former greats, Ray Lewis, you mentioned Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, offensive guard Steve Hutchison, Brian Erlacher, Tony Baselli, Brian Dawkins, safety, offensive guard Alan Fanica, offensive tackle Joe Jacoby, who I think is probably overdue, to be honest with you, running back Edrins James, cornerback Ty Law, safety John Lynch, center Kevin Mawai, and cornerback Everson Walls. Holy yeah, I mean it's it's it's, it's it's a good class, and it's kind of weird because I'm only I'm only 24, and so like this is like the, these last couple of years, it's the first time that like these guys that I grew up watching are starting to become Hall of Fame eligible, and it's, it's kind of starting to make, make me feel a little little old. But um, it's yeah, it's it, 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 Isaac's turn will come. I just I don't see it being 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 this year, unfortunately. It's I, I think a lot of it too is that these Hall of Fame voters think that you know the greatest show on turf kind of built the career and legacy of um, of Isaac Bruce and, and you could throw Tory Holton there too that they if you put them in another system do they have those do they have those types of numbers and I mean I think I think you just go back to the year before the greatest show on turf um, with, with Isaac Bruce when he when he went for over 1,700 yards in the in the season was one had one of the best. Re- one of the best seasons for a wide receiver of all time. And um, it's just, it's, it's going to be tough for him, I think. Well, just not just that, his 1995 season. Yeah. Almost 120 catches. But on this, I just look at this and go, how do you even pick five? And I know the argument that I'm seeing, I've seen this a lot among in our Rams community here, well, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, and the argument I've actually made with, with especially Terrell Owens is, yeah, great numbers, great individual talent, but he's, he kind of sucked as a teammate for much of his career. And that, you know, and the argument is, well, how long do you make him pay for that? But even if you, so even if Terrell doesn't make it, you still have competition with, geez, some really, just some great players, man. John Lynch. I mean, like yeah. I said, you know, Brian Erlacher. And you, and by, I got to pick on you a little bit. Holy crap. You're like, I feel old. I, I, I'm 24. <laughs> I remember seeing Joe Jacoby playing, and you're yeah. you're seriously talking about. I feel old at 24 because uh-huh. I watched Brian Erlacher play. Oh my yeah. god! Just stop it. Uh, uh, my, my bad. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Okay, so I think I agree with you. I think Isaac Bruce is going to be is coming soon, but as to stack the class, and I believe he's a Hall of Famer. I believe he deserves to be there. Tory Holt should be there. Uh, they both should be, but this this class is too stacked. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think I, 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 I don't I, I don't think I can say any better. It's 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 just yeah, it's a, it's it's a great class and it's it's a deep class and unfortunately with 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 Isaac Bruce is just 
he's uh, he's probably going to wait another year, which is unfortunate. So that kind of puts to rest our brief debate on the Hall of Fame. We'll probably get back into it a little bit closer here, but I couldn't let that one pass, especially because you never know what's going to happen Pro Bowl weekend. You never know how things are going to stack up. Uh, one more thing before we actually get to the draft. Uh, this past weekend, we saw the Patriots beat the Jaguars in the last minute there, as well as the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Holy Mother Mary of Gosh out of the Minnesota Vikings last night. Uh, that gives us a Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl, the second time in the last, what, 15 years they played there? Yeah. You're in Philadelphia. You've you've seen you saw that we, we saw the Rams play three out of those four conference champions. Where are you gonna go to the Super Bowl? How do you call it? Kind of a funny story because because I like I said I, I live in Philadelphia. So last night I'm walking home from work to my apartment, and there's a dune buggy playing rock with a with a truck behind it playing Rocky music. And no no joke, half an hour later I see a tweet and I'm. I'm like I'm 95 percent sure it's the same dune buggy driving up the the Philadelphia Art Museum steps. Um, kind of, kind of a it, the, the city of Philadelphia was wild last night. But I I, th- I don't know how you can bet it bet against Tom Brady. Um, he's after after coming back last week, you just you can't bet against him. He's 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 too good. And then um, I guess just you know where do the Rams rank or where do the Rams I guess come up with come in compared to these teams? I mean. You look at the Eagles; they're in the Super Bowl with Nick Foles as their quarterback. Like this is a team that lost their starting quarterback, and they're still in the Super Bowl. If you if you took out Jared Goff and put in Sean Mannion, I'm not sure the Rams are even a playoff team. Well, and, and the Rams are built more around their running back and Todd Gurley too. Everything kind of flows through him, and so it's a different kind of offense. And, and let's also be honest: Nick Foles played his head off yesterday. He did. Good gosh! I mean, we haven't seen him play like that since his early years in Philadelphia. So, I mean, if it, Honestly, if that team goes out there and plays like that against New England in two weeks, they win. They they look much more impressive than New England has looked at any point in these playoffs. I mean, what New England does coaching wise, and they 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 take your your weakness and, and they really make it stand out. And it, the, the games that come down to come, come down to Nick Foles. I mean, what what Nick Foles are you getting? Are you getting the Nick Foles from you know week sixteen and seventeen of this year where he looked like a backup quarterback, or are you getting the Nick Foles from last week where he's looks like twenty fourteen Nick Foles right through for twenty seven touchdowns and two interceptions? It's just um, he's got to find consistency and having two weeks to prepare and build that confidence. I think will help him because when he's confident, he's a, he's a he's he's a really good quarterback. But um, it, it it all comes down to to, to that, and um, I, I just think New England coaching wise is going to really make him win the game, and I don't think that bodes well for Philadelphia. Well, on the flip side of that, let's also be honest about what we saw from the Jacksonville-New England game. We saw Jacksonville, especially early, gouging that New England secondary and getting getting running backs to second level and so on and so forth. I would like to see Philadelphia, with their three running backs, wear out New England a bit in that first half and see if they can finish the job that Jacksonville couldn't finish. For sure. I mean, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got – they, 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 the Eagles traded for Jay Ajay mid season, and um, and they they signed Legarrette Blunt in, in the off season. Then they have this this um, Corey Clement, Clement that's 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 doing that's uh, that's outstanding playing playing in you know these third down situations, passing situations. He's a, he's he's really. I mean, they they had Darren Sproles, and he went out with a with an unfortunate season in the in, injury, and and Clement really, really filled in for him now. We can't forget that even before they went out and got Ajayi, I can't remember that guy's name right, they were already a good running running team. And now, I, one thing I like about Nick Foles is he brings that kind of 
he's been there and done that with the Philadelphia Eagles. He never actually got all the way, but he's had his ups, he's had his downs at a mature level there. And I think that's going to be big for a game against the modern-day dynasty in the NFL. So I kind of like Philadelphia's chances to pull off the upset here, or maybe I'm just wishful thinking because I don't want to see anyone win our Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, if you think if you think about it, they're kind of built like you know those those two Giants teams that did beat New England in the Super Bowl. They're a team that they, they run the ball well, they control the clock, um, they play tough defense, and that that offensive line. I mean, they, they lost Jason Peters, who's one of the he's he's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer in my opinion. He's Jason Peters, is one of the best left tackles in the NFL right now, and um, they 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 lost him in. They lost him in season to a, to a season-ending injury. So, you know, the, this Eagles team that they're deep, they dominate both both sides of the line of scrimmage. And um, I mean, New England's vulnerable. It's, it's going to be uh, the, the, the Vegas line on it is it's a lar- it's the largest line since two thousand nine um, when when I think the Steelers were favored by six six or seven points over the Arizona Cardinals and. Um, the, the Patriots, I think, have a six or six point favorites right now to to the Eagles. So, but I think it's gonna be a lot, a lot closer than, than a lot of people think, I, and it's 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 gonna be a good one. I I think. Well, let's hope so because I don't want to sit through another Super Bowl. Same. Just gosh. All right. Now that's that that's out of the way, let's talk some draft. We covered a bit in our last podcast. We're gonna go back to it again. It'll, it'll be a little bit of a folks, a little bit of a build off of our last podcast, especially with. Blaine coming on the show. He's much, much more of a, a draft guy than I am. I'm, I'm very much into free agency and contracts and salary caps. If you've heard me on the podcast, you've heard me talking numbers for a long time. But he's more of a draft guy. And I picked out some corners last night that I liked. I asked him to come out with some folks that he has in mind for the Senior Bowl this week. And, well, let's go there. One of the first things I want to ask you and see how we match up is, what are the immediate factors for the Rams and their number one uh, selection in the first round? Where do they go? It's definitely tough. I think they have some options. Um, sitting there at 23, it wouldn't surprise me if Lesney tried to trade back, and in, in, if, if not trade back later in the first round, or if not just completely out of the first round and into the second round. What you have to remember is the Rams don't have a second-round pick this year because of the trade for Sammy Watkins um, at, at, the, at the beginning of this season. So they're without a second-round pick. Les Snead likes his second-round picks. It would not surprise me if they tried to trade back to get a second-round pick. As far as this this draft goes, it's, it's really interesting. Um, where they're at, they're actually, I think, in a perfect perfect position to get a couple guys. Um, at corner, I really like the I really like the kid out of Colorado State. Um, he had, he had Ch- Chidobe, Chidobe Awuzie, I can never say his name, um, he, but Dallas drafted him last year. That, that Colorado State secondary was one of the best secondaries in the country, and um, so I don't I don't think you can go wrong there. You can maybe hope a, a kid like Josh Jackson out of Iowa Falls. That's that's a he's a playmaker that um, just just great ball skills. Um, but th- this draft, it's so deep at the quarterback position that I think you know if you, if you maybe trade back and get an extra second round pick, or even you know I think you can get a number two guy or even a guy that can, they can start at number one in the third round. This draft is extremely deep at, at the cornerback position. So what where I'm looking at actually is if the Rams can't get a, can't get a deal restructured with Robert Quinn, they're going to need a pass. They're, they're going to need, need pass rushers. They were, they didn't consistently get after the quarterback enough this season. In my opinion, a guy that really stands out to me that they could get, they could take is Marcus Davin- Davenport out of um, university of Texas, San Antonio, eight and a half sacks last year, 17 tackles for loss. The, I'm I'm really interested to see what he does this week. I'm um, going to go, going up against tougher co- competition, um, 
And then, you know, you, you look at the guy out of USC, Oshena Nuosu, nine and a half sacks last year, also playing the senior bowl. Um, I mean, the, the Rams' four, first four picks last year came from the senior bowl, so this is going to be a pretty big week. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm looking at the uh, the rosters for the senior bowl. I like what I'm seeing with it. Uh, there's one probably point of disagreement. I don't think the Rams let Robert Quinn go. They've already gone through the biggest chunk of their contract. They do have a lot of, they have an easy dead money out, $955,000 to release them now. That's all that hits their salary cap for. But the way he produced in the latter part of the year, the fact on the other side, you're going to have to probably replace Connor Barwin there. And if you bring back Connor Barwin, he wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination for most of the year there. I'm looking more on the lines in that first round at corner and nose tackle and potentially middle linebacker, outside linebacker, opposite of, of Quinn, that seems to make the most sense to me. And I'm, 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 I'm on your side on this one too, though. If that set group of guys, if they're gone by 23, I think the Rams definitely move back. I don't think it's a thought. I think they're going to move back. I mean, and the guys I'm looking at, is like you mentioned, Joshua Jackson, Denzel Ward from Ohio State. I'm a big, I'm an Ohio State guy, so I, I follow... Ohio State religiously. Mm-hmm. I've been following. I've been watching him develop. He would be a guy you want to get. Then, what happens also too? And I mentioned this last night. What if Vidavia dropped all the way down there? And the number twenty three, if he's there, I, I I I grab him. He's he would do so much for 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 the Rams for the Rams defensive line. I mean, um, you have the you have that that those Rams linebackers, those small Rams linebackers in Ogletree and Bear that get pushed around in the run game. This this this, this guy is he's. He he would be the the ultimate run stuffer on that defensive line, and that's that's where I'm thinking too. If by some miracle he's there, or even if by chance, by chance, he's there around twenty or nineteen, and they might make a move up and and blow it because he's to me he's worth it. He's worth losing something somewhere else to get that gap filler or nose tackle at three fifty at three fifty five. That's the guy they need, and then all of a sudden you'll have to get your cornerback later. Um, one question I did have, though, is, and again, we've talked about this, kind of rounding the horn here. Jermaine Johnson, do they still go corner if he stays? If he stays, I don't think they would right away um, because you obviously have Jermaine Johnson at the one, um, Kayvon Webster at the two, um, and then I'm really hoping they, they bring back and are seeing Nikhil Roby Coleman. I, I think he's a, he's a must-resign. Um, so if they... If they if they bring back Jermaine Johnson, which I think is more not likely than it is likely, uh, I, I I don't think they, they would draft one in, in the first round. Like I said, this is a very deep draft at the cornerback position, so you can get well the well the Rams if they if they bring back Jermaine Johnson, I still think you have to bring you have to get depth there at at, at the position because um, the Rams aren't very deep there. I, I as much, as well as Troy Hill played. In the, in the in the final few weeks, I I, I still don't trust him. Um, same same goes for a young guy like Kevin Peterson. He he played well when he was called upon, but Kayvon Webster hasn't proved to me that he can stay healthy. Um, he was he was a special teamer in Denver, and this is the first this was the first year that he really had full time cornerback experience, and he was. He was pretty banged up all season, and then and then finally um, had the had the, had the season in the injury at the, toward towards the, end the towards the end of the year. So. Um, I, I still think you have to you have to draft cornerback at some point in the draft in that in those first probably on day two. Um, but 
if it, if they don't bring back Tremaine Johnson, you, you you have to corner and if they if they if they do somehow get a get a deal done where they're not over overpaying him, um, then I, I think I think you still have to take one day too. I think I agree actually, and there are several good ones out there. Again, the first rounders that we know of right now, definitely first round. I'd be, we'd be shocked if they passed the Rams at twenty three. Joshua Jackson, Denzel Ward. There's um, also the possibility of. There's some some stuff out there about Dante Jackson and a couple of other guys out there. LSU's Dante Jackson, though, and Louisville's Jari Alexander. They they intrigue me, but I don't think they'll be there in between that first and third round pick they're talking about. So then you have these these next line out there. You have the Penn State's Christian Campbell should be there third and fourth. Uh, Cameron Kelly from San Diego State. And then um, Teron Johnson from Weber State. We mentioned them last night. Those are guys I'm looking at in that third to fourth round range who will probably, at least one of them will probably be there for the Rams. And they all bring different packages, but could be fits. And So those are the guys also I want to I want to see how they do this weekend. I want to see how they step up in this opportunity to show off for the scouts and, and see who can move up and, and and basically get someone's attention. I'm very curious. You know, I, I mentioned they call Roby Coleman. Um or earlier and if the Rams don't resign him the Rams are going to need a, a nickel guy because I mean LaMarcus Joyner was that guy in the past but now he's 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 balling out at safety and then who knows if he comes he comes back too I, I hope they get a deal done with him but who knows if he comes back so I mean they, they need a, a nickel guy um I, I I'm I'm doing a piece for the website here I'll probably write it write it up tonight on um, MJ Stewart from North Carolina. Um, he's a he, he's a nickel guy, a guy that you can probably get in the fourth or fifth round. Um, and you know the the, the the Rams may not need that that top cornerback if they bring Benjamin Johnson, but they're they're still gonna need that depth, and that that's where I think a guy like MJ Stewart comes in. Now, there's other positions as well. And I we just kind of covered what I went over. What did you look over? Um, in the last couple of days that piqued your interest? I'm really focusing in on on, on, on pass rushers and linebackers right now. Um, I, I, I'm kind of – one position I think is very interesting to look at is, is – especially with how deep it is, is the running back position. Um, I mean, Todd Gurley balled out this year. He was the offensive player of the year. So obviously you're, you're not needing a guy in the in, on, on, on day one or early day two. But um, the Rams signed Lance Dunbar last, last year in free agency and – he, he he was hurt hurt towards in the beginning of the year. Never really got into the offense. Um, I'm I'm not sure if they would they they bring him back this year. I would actually be interested in them um, picking up a running back to be that third down pass catching back to take some of the load off Todd Gurley because if they run him and play him as much as they do this year, as much as you know the offense runs through Gurley and as much as as great of a playmaker as he is, they've got to get somebody to complement him. I think and as, as much as I like Malcolm Brown. I, I he's not the compliment that that, that, that I want. I, I want a guy that can catch out of the backfield and make guys miss. And I don't think Malcolm Brown is that guy. Um, at linebacker, somebody that I'm really looking forward to seeing this year. I, I, I watched the um, I watched the bowl game between UCF and Auburn, and a guy that really stood out to me on on UCF's defense was Sha- was Shaquem Griffin. Um, I mean, he has amazing speed and playmaking ability. He's all over the field. Um, the issue with him, that the one concern that I have, and I think a lot of teams are going to have, is that he's literally missing one hand. Um, and, and so I, I'm curious to see how that affects him, or if, or if it affects him at all, especially going up against tougher competition this week um, at, at the senior bowl. I mean, it didn't affect him against Auburn, but um, the, the, this draft process is going to be extremely important for him because – I don't know how how, how much missing, missing a hand is going to affect him at the NFL level. So I, I'm I'm curious to see that he's a he's, he's a guy that really 
can be a playmate can be a playmaker on 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 any defense in the NFL. I think we do need linebackers. Not and that takes us back to Mark Barron, Ogletree, the whole that whole section of you know outside linebacker as well. Another thought that I had too is, you know, I, I keep bringing it up. I keep wondering where everybody's thoughts are. Is what about the possibility of moving Ogletree back out to the outside and drafting a middle linebacker? Have you thought about that, or is that something you think could work, or not? It's very interesting because um, I, I, I've, I've talked to Mike Cahill from he does the Rams with Pro Football Focus, or he yeah he covers the Rams for Pro, Pro, Pro Football Focus, and um, you know he he mentioned the, the idea of you know. Um, of Ogletree maybe, maybe moving outside, and then he kind of has that same athletic ability as as Von Miller. Now he, he's 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 not Von Miller, but um, moving him outside it may, it may benefit him. But I, I think something you have to remember too is, you know, last year Ogletree, two years ago, or it was, it was two or three years ago, Ogletree was the outside linebacker in a four three defense. Two years ago, he was the he switched from that position to a four three middle linebacker spot. This last year, he had he had learned a, 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 an inside linebacker spot in a three four defense. So I'm not sure if making him learn his literally his fourth linebacker position in you know four years is is the best move. I, I think he's a guy that that, that knows the de- he's a guy that's starting to learn the defense, and as he begins to learn the defense more, he's going to play faster and play better. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure if he's a guy you want to move outside or not. Uh, I know he's smaller, but. He makes up for it with his athletic ability and his speed. Um, so what he doesn't have, have in size, he has in speed. That, that, that's why I, I think they do need to. I, I think they cut Baron loose, and they, they they need to get bigger there rather than moving Ogletree to a spot that to a spot where he's going to have to basically learn an entire new position. Ah, oh, come on, Ogletree's a professional. He can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think of the lines of is you put your best players in the best uh, position to to be successful. And I totally get that. I'm, and I'm with you to a large degree on the fact you would have to get a, learn another position. So, and, but there were also times when Alec was not as effective as you'd want him to be in the middle as well. And that comes to mind. But then there's yeah. another, I'm going to, I'm going to go in circles here. I'm going to go in a right. little bit of incoherent circle. The other side of that is, is there a guy in the draft in the first, let's go three rounds who can come in and replace Ogletree in the middle to allow for a move. And then you got to replace Mark Barron as well because he's not coming back. It's, it's going to be something that Busnead and the Rams are going are gonna to have to think about, especially, you know, you have you have Mark Barron there and, and his salary and is, is much as good of a player as he's been for them. That, that, that trade really worked out for them, moving him from safety into that, you know, in, in, into, into that, into that, inside linebacker spot and it was outside the linebacker when they were in, when they were in the um in the four three he's, he's played extremely well but i don't think you can you can keep him at that at that at that salary um a couple guys that i maybe look look at i maybe you know you look at the kid from boise spade vander ash he's a guy that's could be there right rounds two. Right, right, obviously don't have a round, a, a second round pick, but he's the guy that can maybe slide into round three. You, you go to Iowa, you have, you have you have Josie Jewell, um, inside linebacker guy, could, could be there in, in that third or fourth round. Those are those are some guys that some guys that I I, I look at. Jewell, 136 36 tackles at the inside linebacker spot, 13 ta- 13 of those tackles for loss, and that, that's again that's why I look for a guy like Shaquem Griffin, who I think could play that inside linebacker spot and and, and, and exceed at it. It's just that the, the it's. It's going to be interesting to see him 
with, with, without one hand how he how he goes against that tougher competition. Now you mentioned running back last night. We talked about the possibility of the Rams taking a center or even the remote possibility of taking a, a tackle during that first round if, if things don't fall their way. Are there any positions you think the Rams might make a move and that would surprise everybody? I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's – I don't think so, no. I, I think, like, like last year the Joe Everett pick kind of, kind of surprised everybody. I don't think a lot of people expected them to take – take a tight end that high uh, tight end was obviously a need for them but i don't think that anybody expected it in the second round i don't think that that would be the that would be the case this year i think maybe the you know the the, the one guy that would um i don't think it would shock people but might kind of surprise surprise them just because of the position is vita Vey from washington the the, the, nose, the nose tackle we talked about earlier just because you know you have aaron donald and michael rockers on that on that on that defensive line already do they really need to take another guy in the first round to be on the de- on the defensive line that's up for debate but i don't think there's a position that can that would really shock anybody like i, I don't think they're going to take a wide receiver i they're also not taking a quarterback um so so no I, I don't think there's a position that would shock people not anymore i don't think so yeah it it used to be i i going back the last couple of years i used to think okay i can look at this roster and go there's a definitive need here there's no way the rams don't do this here and every time i think that they go off the chart. They go off and they go get Aaron Donald. Had no idea that was coming. Didn't even think about it. The times they've needed corners in the past, they went somewhere else and got this. You know, even all those years of trying to find that number one cornerback, we thought they would make a move for a couple of years ago, back in 2014, and cash out on Sam Bradford. Then though they wait to 2016 to make their move. So I don't put anything past less need anymore. I just don't. I can't. I think this is one of those years you could definitively look at the roster and say there is a need at corner. Even if you keep Jermaine Johnson, there's a need at corner. There's a need at the linebacker position. There's a need at nose. And then you can look elsewhere and go, okay, well, some help on the offensive line for some of these older guys to start developing people, some help at running back, and maybe even maybe even a little bit of tight end as well because things aren't panning out the way we want them to. But... Those definitives don't seem to, to matter when it comes to less need. He goes against the grain every single time. So I can't make any predictions this year. I think this is how it's going to go. I think they'll go corner or nose tackle if he is there. If he is there. But who am I? I don't know. It's, it's interesting because I, last year, I think the Rams kind of changed their draft philosophy a little bit. Um, in the past, the Rams were all about, you know, best. I, I, I think that they, in the past, that they strictly did best player available, whereas. Last year, I think they did a little bit of a mixture between you know who's the best player that is going to fit our scheme, um, whereas just just taking the best player and kind of seeing seeing where he fits. See Tavon Austin. Um, it's, uh, so so I, that, that's that's why I, I think you know with Sean McVay as the head coach, he kind of saw a change in how this team is drafting, and and as you know we as Sean McVay you know gets into year three, year four. Fans will start to get a feel for how Lestine and Sean McVay work in the draft room, but yeah, I mean it's 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 going to be fun to watch them here in year two to see if they kind of stick to the same mold they did in year one. I I, I keep going back. I've mentioned this a couple of times, and I think it's one of those podcasts where we kind of bring things back together as they've been, as they've been spaced out over the course of a couple of months. A few months ago, I I sat down with former Rams quarterback Jim Everett, one of the best quarterbacks in team history, and. 
I check with him every once in a while. And one of the things he told me about this draft that was different about every draft he's seen in recent memory for the Rams was that, well, they drafted on football intelligence. And you could see that in how these guys came together in the field. They were much more disciplined. They knew their role. They were much more a team and, and behaved in a much mature fashion than we've seen any Rams team behave on the field in years. And so hearing Jim Everett say that kind of turned the light on for me and go, you know what, you're right. They brought in intelligent people. They brought in people who know the game and will fit into a role in a much better way than just somebody who's, like you said, the best player available. So I, I look, I think it's going to continue. I think we'll keep seeing the Rams zero in on the senior bowl this weekend. And so if you're a Rams fan, I think you have to be looking at this game, this of all things, a college all-star game with a bunch of scouts there and think, okay, who are the Rams looking at? Because that's what they've been setting themselves up for. for that's what they've been doing for, for years. And last year, especially. Yeah, for, for sure. And I mean, you look at the guys in the senior bowl. These are guys, you said, you know, they, they, they know the game. They have that experience. They, they're, they're, for the most part, they are, they're, they're, they're mature athletes. Whereas, you know, you look, you look at what they were doing with, with, with Jeff Fisher. And I mean, you had, you know, I mean, this isn't a knock against Norris Jenkins because he was, he was a really good player, but they, 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 they were drafting guys with these, like this chip on their shoulder, guys that had these off the field issues. You know the the Rams they they're changing the culture and that starts with the draft and they're drafting mature guys that know the game and know their role know their position and are going to fit into their scheme and that's that, that that's what is going to lead to their continued success. All right, before we move on and close up shop for the night, really quick, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors over the Golden Ram Barbershop at Sal Martinez, his shop at one three seven five five Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Give him a call at seven one four eight nine four Rams. Again, that's 714-894-RAMS, open Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and on Saturday at 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. This is a guy who opened up a shop the day the Rams left for St. Louis and kept the lights on for that team to come back. If you go in our shop, we've been there. We got our, got our hair cut there. You know, Norm got rid of his mullet. It's, it was good stuff. It is all Rams going back into the 70s, 80s. You got jerseys, helmets, you name it. So it's not just getting a great cut. It's also an experience of actually old barbershop stuff, the stuff you see in the movies in the 50s about guys in a barbershop chair and talking football or any other sport. That's what you'll find there. Give them a call at 714-894-7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK. All right, Blaine, closing thoughts. What are you looking for this weekend at the Senior Bowl? Looking for some good football. Um, I'm looking for these these college kids that are – this is – you know, you had the East West East West Shrine game last weekend, but this is for a lot of them. This is their first, you know, job interview. This is this is they are interviewing for, you know, a job that they have dreamt about for, you know, basically all their all all their lives. So I, I'm 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 as, as much as you know the Rams don't need a quarterback. You know, I'm I'm interested to see you know how a Baker Mayfield does with you know this 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 added pressure with this added pressure. You know, a guy like 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 Josh Allen, um, who. Got knocked for playing at playing at a school like Wyoming. I think it's gonna be, you know, I think it's gonna be one one of the more fun senior bowls that we that we have that we've had in you know the last few years. All right. Well, for me, I'm zeroing in on the the guys we think will be second, third rounders, fourth rounders. I want to see some of these prospects and see who jumps out there. The people who jump up, begin their leap up the draft boards. I'm looking at those small guys. I think you're, I think 
yeah, seeing how Baker Mayfield does and so on and so forth, how they do. But this year, just because of the trends have been set by the Rams at the Senior Bowl, I'm keeping a keen eye on some of these prospects, cornerbacks, linebackers, defensive tackles, to see who jumps out there as a guy that might fit into the Rams. It's no matter what, it's going to be a treat. And don't forget, folks, the Pro Bowl this week, can go out there and watch your eight Rams. That's right, eight. Eight Rams. Who? Jeez, when, when was the last time I saw eight Rams in a Pro Bowl game? Good gosh. Probably not um, for a while. Uh, greatest show on turf. It's been about 15 years, folks. Yeah. So go watch those guys. We'll be back next week. Uh, this is uh, Managing Air Derek C. Apollo here with Blaine Greasag. We'll see you soon. See you guys. type of drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.